1: Welcome to the Royally Us podcast. I'm your host, Christina Garibaldi. This week, we recap Kate and William's trip to Scotland, Harry's mental health town hall, and how Prince Philip was heaven sent for Queen Elizabeth. As always, I am joined by Molly Molshine and this week, our guest is mental health expert Nick Hatter, who breaks down Harry's tell-all documentary and how he is changing the conversation on mental health.
0: how are you I'm good Christina how about you I'm doing
1: good I feel like we're starting to come off the high of all this crazy royal news and we're getting back to like normalcy a little bit all right well let's get to some happy news and our <laughs> royal roundup and kick it off with a breakdown of William and Kate's trip to Scotland they did a lot in just a few days um, on May 26th they went back to where it all began the University of st Andrews during the visit they talked to students about how the pandemic has affected their learning experience and they also got a bit nostalgic I love this I love seeing them going back to where they met and fell in love so
0: this is great it's so nice. And they went to Anstruther Fish Bar, which mm-hmm. is where they used to go all the time when they were students. Mm-hmm. And the, the fish bar posted on Facebook about, about how they used to always come there and it was so great to see them again. Really nice. Just such a like typical British couple thing to do, mm-hmm. just go and get fish and chips, you know?
1: Totally. I mean, she told the the restaurant uh, workers that this was like a trip down memory lane for her because like you said, they used to do this all the time. Um, they also hosted a drive-in movie night where they got to see Cruella, which was a lot of fun. So it seems like they they got to talk to a lot of different people, but also had uh, some fun memories.
0: Yeah, it really was a great trip. And they came across so just calm and even funny throughout it. They yeah. really... They were really charming throughout the whole trip. They definitely were.
1: And following their trip, they took to Instagram to write to the people, communities, and organizations we visited and heard from, and those who stopped to wave and make our return to Scotland so special. Thank you. It was, um, and I love this because the uh, photo that they posted was also accompanied by a sketch that Kate made made in 2002 of St. Andrews. I didn't know that she was also an artist. I mean, shes we knew that she was
0: a photographer, but not an artist as well. I know. And it's such a cool drawing. It really she, is. She really is so artistic because she majored in art history at St. Andrews. But yeah, I also had no idea she actually, you know, picks up a paintbrush herself once in a while. She must do some great crafts with the kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> It'd
1: be a lot of fun. All right. Well, the couple were clearly loving the new movie, Cruella, since they caught up with the film star Emma Stone and Emma Thompson for a Zoom chat, take a And was it a fun film to to film?
0: It was so much fun. We were all over, we were all over London. We were in front of Liberty. They transformed, what is it, Carnaby Street? Into 70s London, which was amazing. And then um, we were in front of Buckingham Palace at one point. I was riding a motorcycle around the
2: mall. We should should have had you stopped, Emma. It's very dangerous. I know,
0: I know. (laughs) (laughs) I really got away with it.
2: It was incredible.
0: (laughs) This was so cute. They must have had so much fun together. Or it looks like they had so much fun together. Yeah, they just seemed so easy and relaxed and like Mm. they were just having a great time. I loved hearing about the movie because I didn't really know that much about it. It takes place in 70s London and Mm. they have like a whole Carnaby Street scene. It just sounds really great. I know. I love
1: how Emma says in the clip that she was riding around in a motorcycle outside of Buckingham Palace and <laughs> Prince William's like, you should have come in. Dro- Drop by, say hi. <laughs> so funny. So funny. So yeah, they must uh, I, they. I feel like every now and then the royals like step out for like a big movie premiere and they must, they must have really liked this one.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's great to give a little boost to the film industry as well, because we know that that is really going to be struggling post COVID. So. Totally.
1: All right. Well, Duchess Kate shared a glimpse at her Receiving the first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine following her husband Prince William's battle with the virus one year prior, um, so you know she posted a picture just like Prince William did uh, not too long ago, and
0: looking fantastic and thanking all the healthcare workers. Yes, she has finally moved on from skinny jeans. Also, this is like headline news for me. <laughs> Seriously, she's wearing like a '90s cut of jeans. This is a this is momentous. <laughs> it really is, and also like I mean, after three kids, she looks amazing. She really does. It's it's Incredible. a joke. She looks so good. I just her. I love her outfit. I love her hair. She just looks amazing. I know her style is fabulous. She's a fantastic artist. You know, photographer. What can she not do? I know she's really just the charm offensive is <laughs> coming through strong. Seriously.
1: Well, she uh, in other Kate news. I mean, in the gl- more glowing Kate news, uh, she kept her promise to a little girl that wanted to meet uh, the princess dressed in her favorite color, pink. I love. this story this is so sweet she met a little girl who is battling leukemia and um you know kind of
0: made her day it was really really sweet she previously linked up with this little girl mila snedden is her name Mm -hmm. after she talked to her on the phone because her photo was selected for kate's hold still exhibition Mm -hmm. and i guess she said mila said she wanted to meet kate in a pink dress and kate obliged her
1: I loved it and little Milo was wearing her own little tiara looking so cute you know they were interacted with uh, Kate interacted with the parents and uh and the little girl and it seemed like she just had so much fun I yeah. mean uh, she got
0: to, got her wish our wish come true got to re- meet a real life princess so cool and then she kind she kind of got over it after a few minutes if you watch the whole video it was so funny she started doing a headstand which was really impressive She's like and jumping on the, all the furniture as well Yeah. and then she goes when are we going <laughs> (laughs) cute. Her little Scottish accent. Oh, my God. Adorable. So, so cute. Definitely memories forever. I love it.
1: Um, Well, following the success of his mental health docuseries, Prince Harry co-hosted a town hall to further the discussion of the Me You Can't See. So was there anything we learned new during this discussion at all?
0: I don't think there was much new right. revelations. Mm-hmm. I guess he kind of spilled, spilled all the tea in the mm-hmm. previous five episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did make a really great point about how the lockdown has made mental health struggles more relatable to everybody. He said, I think pre-COVID, there was a situation of us and them when it came to mental illness, and now it's just us. So I think that was a really great point. And he touched again on the shame and stigma of not knowing that a loved one is going through something. So mm-hmm. just, again, really relatable stuff that I think a lot of people can can understand definitely i feel like the pandemic almost like in a
1: way opened up the floodgates for to make it more acceptable for people to talk about mental health because so many people kind of found themselves battling mental health issues during this time because you know you were so alone people lost jobs people lost family it was Mm -hmm. a lot to deal with and you know it is good that they're talking about it and i feel like this initiative i mean he's been talking about mental health for years but i feel like he's this is really going to be his platform going forward Right. I wonder what he's going to do next. I know. I know. I I mean, we haven't heard too much from like the podcast. We still have the, the you know, the, their Spotify deal, you know, a lot of stuff going on with Netflix. It seems like, uh, but seems like maybe this is his niche. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, it is now time to spill the royalty. And one of Queen Elizabeth's former lady-in-waiting, Lady Prudence Penn, is revealing that Prince Philip was heaven sent to Queen Elizabeth. I love this, the, love this story because obviously the lady-in-waiting probably knows the queen
0: the best. Right. She's 95 years old. I love her name, Lady Prudence Penn. <laughs> it's just like something out of Bridgerton or something. Yeah. <laughs> he says she she says that the queen was immediately struck by the physical perfection of this fair-haired young man mm-hmm. and that he was a heaven-sent consort for her in every way. It was really really nice.
1: Yeah. She said like when they used to go out, he used to tell her how beautiful she looked and, you know, always made her feel good. And, you know, you can really tell that they had a a love story for the ages. I mean, they were together. She fell in love with him when she was 13 years old. I know. I know. So cool. It is really cool. Well, speaking of Prince Philip, there are reports that he left nearly $42 million to his staff following his death. Um, clearly very generous to his
0: staff. I think there was three people in his staff that he left uh, a majority of his uh, estate to, right? Right. I think that's incredible. It was his private secretary, his page and his valet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he left them millions. I think that's so cool. That's really cool. Uh, and this, this source also said that he probably wouldn't uh, have detracted from Prince Harry's inheritance, which is you know, I guess good to hear, even though Mm. I think Prince Harry's doing fine. (laughs) And and it also was interesting that this source said, now, of course, this is an anonymous source, so take with a grain of salt, but he said Philip had time to sort out all the legal stuff so that it wouldn't attract inheritance tax. He was no more a fan of leaving his cash to the treasury than anyone else, And I'm like, Philip, pay your taxes. Seriously.
1: What? He's been shelling out the money for years, so he never had to deal with it, I guess.
0: (laughs) Right. And it said he was receiving £359,000 per year from the sovereign grant. But it wasn't enough, and the queen had to supplement it with her own income. So I'm like, dude, pay your taxes. <laughs> pay your taxes. Oh, man. <laughs> Again, anonymous source. Who knows the truth? It's, right. Who knows the truth? Buddy. These are very nitty-gritty financial details, but mm-hmm. – That was just my first reaction. (laughs) Prince Philip pulled a fast one, I guess. (laughs) Seriously.
1: Well, there are reports that Queen Elizabeth's cousin, the Duke of Kent, will be by her side on June 12th during the Trooping of the Color. Now, um, this will be the first, not the first time that Prince Philip hasn't been there because he has retired from public life uh, a few years ago, but first time he won't be present.
0: Right. So this is very sad, but it's nice that she has somebody to accompany her. And I guess this isn't going to be a full-scale Trooping the Color, but it will be more so than it was last year. Because last year, of course, it was super scaled back because of the lockdowns and everything. So the lockdown restrictions are starting to ease in London. They're not fully gone yet, uh, but they're saying that it's going to have a few more military personnel than last year. Nice. Well, I'm sure it'll be a, a nice
1: event and something to celebrate, definitely. Well, Now it is time to break down the royal rules. And this week, mental health expert Nick Hatter is here to further break down Harry's mental health docuseries. Take a look. So what was your first reaction? What was your reaction to Prince Harry's revelations in The Me You Can't See?
2: So my first reaction was that he was quite brave, I think, to openly come out like that. And I think to honestly share about how his mother's death had understandably traumatized him. Um, I felt it was very heartfelt and sincere and, and we have to remember that this is still, a, you know, regardless of his uh, privilege or his wealth, he's still first and foremost um, a human being like, you know, like the rest of us. And I've actually coached you know, several high net worth uh, individuals and celebrities, myself, and, and I can certainly assure you that um, no matter how much money or status you have, um, people still have their problems and their issues. Yeah.
0: What impact will his participation in the show have on people with mental health issues?
2: Well it will certainly help them to feel less shame, and it, it goes to show actually that you can be one of the most wealthy and powerful people in the world like Harry, and yet you can you can still suffer and I think it will certainly help to um, destigmatize any sort of mental health conditions so it's like okay well if you know if, if prince harry admits he has his demons then perhaps it's not such a big deal if if i have my own demons
0: what do you think was the most surprising revelation in the documentary
2: well i was um i was quite surprised actually to hear harry being so open about his uh, occasional binge drinking mm. um, that especially as someone who you know who's a member of the you know, the royal family to, to come out and say something like that it's like wow gosh um, and, and certainly in the past the royal family have been known for being very sort of um, stiff upper lip if you like mm. is I felt that Harry could be a type 4 intense creative in the Enneagram personality system which is actually the same as me and this is someone who wants to bear their soul in their pain and has a desire to be special and unique and, and not ordinary. And that particularly, um, as we can see, obviously, you know, Harry is someone who is breaking a lot of norms, certainly as far as the royal family is concerned. Um, so if if he is a type four, I don't know, because I, w- I would say, you know, Harry, go and take Enneagram tests to find out for sure. But if, but if you are a type four, then um, I would say make sure to keep practicing gratitude, um, keep practicing, focusing on what are you grateful for? Because type fours they can be they can sometimes get caught too much in the in the pain, the darkness of suffering. Um, and I, I think that would be something that, that I would also tell him. But again go and ch- take an Enneagram test first just to just to find out for sure. Like, But, I, but as, I think that based on what I've seen of him so far, he does strike me as, as an Enneagram type four.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel like that? Because, you know, he said that he really didn't get therapy until he was 28 years old. And, you know, that was 16 years after his mother passed away. So that's a lot of time to kind of deal with grief on your own, right? I mean, and, and do you see a, a totally different person from where he was four years ago to now.
2: Really good question. Um, well, to be honest, I don't. It's it's hard for me to answer because I obviously don't know right, Harry um, personally. I, I only see what the what the media portrays of of Harry. Um, but certainly, there's there are certainly things I think that that he's done which it it makes me question. Okay, you know what's the what's the underlying motivation? And when I say underlying motivation, I mean in terms of in the Enneagram personality system. So you have these nine different character types, all driven by different motivating factors. Um, and, and in the Enneagram type four, um, that motivation is, is, I must be special and different and unique. I must, I must not be ordinary. And, and I, I did feel that as I was watching some of the clips from, from in me you can't see um, if you look closely it, it certainly it does seem like from a very very young age he he sort of looks like a bit of, of an outsider mm-hmm. um, and you know you see in those kind of clips you've got all the royal family together, and then there's harry and um and and again that, I think that that really kind of Plays into that, and I don't. Again, I don't know how he's how he's feeling be, behind the scenes, but I, I do. My my coach's intuition is is telling me that that there is a strong um, type four motivation there of. Um, you know, not 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 feeling like you belong, um, but, but also wanting to, to stand out.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely some good insight for Nick. And uh, look out for his book when it comes out in January.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm going to need to check that out. I'm going to need to take that Enneagram quiz. Thank I think, I think I was I'm the same one as Harry too. I? <laughs> yeah, I love to wallow. I feel like I'm, I'm in the same boat. Seriously. All right. Well, in our Royal History Moment of the Week, Prince
1: Charles may break a 200-year-old tradition when he becomes king by deciding to stay at Clarence House instead of Buckingham Palace. So... 200-year-old tradition, that's kind
0: of a big deal to break. Right. I was thinking, so they're saying, you know, he's lived in Clarence House for Mm -hmm. decades now. So he divides his time between Clarence House and Highgrove, his country home. So I guess they're speculating that maybe he'll just keep doing that. It was Christopher Warwick saying it. He's a royal expert. Mm -hmm. And he said... That he said, will he really, in his late 70s, want to upsticks, which is a British expression for moving from Clarence House to Buckingham Palace. And I don't know, I guess it kind of makes sense. And didn't they, wasn't there also some reporting recently that he might open up Buckingham Palace to the public? So that would make a lot of sense, turn it more into a workplace and kind of a royal museum, I think. Yeah. Why not?
1: Why not? I mean, if, you, if anything that we've learned uh, in this pandemic is that you can do your job remotely. So he can do yes. his job from Clarence House rather than be at Buckingham Palace. And maybe, like you said,
0: like he'll kind of split the time and do a little bit of both. Right. And Clarence House is like less than a block away from Buckingham Palace. Yes. <laughs> like when you're walking up the mall to Buckingham Palace, you mm-hmm. pass Clarence House right before you get to the palace. So it really, you know, it makes sense. But also it makes me wonder... You know if William and Kate will stay in Kensington Palace mm. because normally they would move to Buck, to Clarence House after he moves ah, to Buckingham yeah. Palace. So yeah, I guess I guess they're just gonna do it a different way. Yeah, whatever, whatever works for them.
1: All right, before we wrap up, we have to check in on the royal kids. And this week, this is so cute. Uh, it, an adorable moment happened between Duchess Kate and some children on their tour of Scotland. So take a look at this.
2: Are you the pet? I'm not the prince. <laughs> <not the> <laughs> Are you my <also laughs> <in there? laughs> <there. That's> <laughs>
0: I love this, and I think she handled it like a pro. (laughs) Right. This little boy said, are you a prince? I mean, very progressive of him, not to assume her gender, I would say. And she said, I'm Duchess of Cambridge. And then they sort of picked up on that -hmm. she was a princess. It was so cute. I love yeah. that moment. And Gino, you know, it's nice to
1: see them kind of interacting with the kids and getting back out there because we haven't been able to see them do this in so
0: long. Yeah, it is really nice. They always are so good with kids and it's really yeah. cute whenever we get to hear the actual interactions. Totally.
1: Well, Molly, thank you so much as always for running down all things Royals with me. That's it for this week's episode. A lot of Royal news to get to that we broke down.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And the Scotland tour was so nice. I mm-hmm. hope it. I hope we stay on this upswing of like positive news. Me too. Keep it positive. I love it. Well, Molly,
1: thank you so much as always for running down all things Royals. Thank you, Christina. All right. Make sure to keep commenting, keep subscribing. We'll see you guys next week.